With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Charles Barkley in a pickup game. We'll take Barkley. Ha! First pick! Sorry, kids! Yep, even easier than that. With no fees or minimums and no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? Okay, here's the plan. Pass me the ball every time. This is banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Connecting with Coincidence radio show with Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, bringing together the world's synchronicity experts to help you use meaningful coincidences to develop spiritually, psychologically, and practically. For more information, put Connecting with Coincidence into your web browser to find the book, website, Psychology Today blog, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. And now, here is the host of the Connecting with Coincidence radio show, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Connecting with Coincidence, CC with BB. Yes, we are back. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We encourage you out there to tell each other coincidence stories. Our motto is, after you talk about the weather, tell a synchronicity story. And you can increase the number of coincidences in your life in several ways. Even if your mother told you not to talk with strangers, our guest today will tell you that this is one of his, of his favorite ways to create synchronicities. Another method is to break the patterns of your daily life, that is to do something different. Somehow that lets more coincidences in. Our guest today often has meaningful coincidences when he's on vacation, as described in his book. Dr. Ken Harris is a chiropractor, educator, lecturer, workshop presenter, author, and keynote speaker, and was the founder of the Walwick Wellness Center in New Jersey. He's a pioneer in holistic healing, and so established his first practice in 1974, and then in 1993 established the Mind Body Wellness Education Center, dedicated to the exploration, understanding, and promotion of the mind body spirit connection. Dr. Harris is an honors graduate, magna cum laude, valedictorian, and former professor of New York Chiropractic College. He holds a BA in psychology and an MS in education. He is the author of Synchronicity, The Magic, The Mystery, The Meaning. Welcome to the show, Ken Harris. Happy to be here, Bernie, and feeling honored to uh, to be one of your uh, guest speakers today. Well, we're so glad to have you, and it, it's nice how we how I found you through uh, our mutual contact, Amalia, but I think we're going to get to that in a little bit. But let's, let's start with the general idea of how you got into uh, synchronicity as uh, such an important part of your life. Well, to be very honest, I just kept having more and more synchronicities with greater intensity and uh, and meaning. And uh, I, finally, uh, I finally surrendered to spirit and said, you know what? It's not just my stories that I'm going to share with people. It's going to give them a roadmap to discover their own. So I put paper to pen, went back into my memory file, and started writing. Uh, when did you start doing that, Ken? Uh, I actually took about two years ago. I started to write uh, individual stories, but really intensely. Six months before I published the book, I was full on uh, concentrating on getting the stories pen to paper. Well, that's two years, and you're not exactly a spring chicken. So, uh, <laughs> what t what took you so long to start writing about it? I had resistance. Uh, you know, I, I said, "Well, so this these things are happening to me, but people are not really going to be interested in my story. They're, they're more interested in their own story." So, uh, I finally got the idea: give them a, a roadmap, which my book does. The second half of my book gives them a uh, the seven six five four formula for having synchronicities in their lives and the meaning behind them. But uh, it was just ego, you know, saying, who cares about my stories? So I, I resisted, but I finally gave in. Well, that's that's humility, isn't it? Overly done? 
<laughs> I don't know that I'm. I don't know that I eat a lot of humble pie, Bernie. But but yeah, I, I, as I age, I'm getting more tempered. I, I've had a few uh, a few speed bumps, as we say, along the road of life. And uh, you know, when when you you think you're going to die and uh, things are going to uh, be taken away from you, you get very humble. Uh, it helps. It helps. And uh, what kind of responses have you gotten to your, your to your book, Ken? Uh, actually, an excellent response. I w I've been very fortunate. Uh, most of my books are sold through Amazon, uh, as you know. They have a worldwide uh, network of followers. And so my, my books are in Europe, they're in uh, Thailand, they're in Australia, New Zealand. Uh, I've been very, uh, a robust response. Wonderful. Well, let's let's uh, go with a nice baseball story. Um, I, I played a little baseball uh, back in the old days. And uh, what happened in Yankee Stadium 50 years ago and, and more recently? Well, it was actually uh, over 54 years. But the story is incredulous. When I tell my Yankee fans the story, the, the, the first thing they ask me is, how far did you hit that ball? <laughs> so here's the here's the backstory. When I was 14 years old, uh, we won the championship in the South Bronx. I, that's where I grew up. And uh, the, the New York Mirror at the time sponsored the Little Fellas League, which was a precursor to what we now call the Little League. And we had the opportunity to play a three-inning exhibition game before my heroes, before the New York Yankees and the Kansas City Athletics. I was in a dugout with Mickey Mantle, Yogi Berra, Whitey Ford, Tony uh, Kubek, Bobby Richardson, and on and on. I mean, it was a dream. Uh, and when I got up to bat, I hit a home run. Now, people, when I tell them that, they say to me, you hit a home run in Yankee Stadium? They look at me with, with eyes squinted. I said, well, they bought the fence in 200 feet. Okay, fast forward. <laughs> my mother had to swear on the Bible that, that that really happened to my own children, simply because we didn't have video cameras, we didn't have telephones. But, uh, you know, she was very, very devout, and they knew grandma wouldn't lie. So uh, I'm out on a beach in Long Island in, in the Hamptons, and I got by accident, but it really wasn't. Uh, I wound up in a town called Amagansett. I, I had intended to go actually to uh, the East Hampton Beach. They're about two miles apart. But if anybody knows anything about the Hamptons, they, they know it could take you two hours to go two miles. Oh, yeah. So I said, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I said to my wife, Judy, we're just going to make the best of it. Same water, same sand. We used to rent a house on Atlantic Avenue in Amagansett. And it's 9 o'clock in the morning. We set up Camp Harris. We're professional beachgoers. Two umbrellas, two chairs, ocean view. About a half hour later, this guy comes down on a cane. And he literally almost sat in my lap. He was within two feet of me on a little towel. And I offered him help because I had noticed by his gait that he had his hip replaced. And being a chiropractor, I said, listen, mister, you had your hip replaced, didn't you? He says, yeah, how do you know? And I said, well, I'm a chiropractor. Let me help you get up and down off your towel. He was not very friendly. And he says, no, I'll do it myself. Long story short, half hour later, he goes to get back up, struggles again. I offer him help, wouldn't take it. But this time, he puts on a cap, says New York Yankees, a baseball cap. All right, so Spirit says, be kind, Ken. Tell him your Yankee Stadium story. Because when I tell Yankee fans this story, they, they go berserk. And I tell him the whole story, and he puts his hand right in my face. He says, stop. I says, oh, boy, maybe he's a Boston Red Sox guy, and he's just wearing a Yankee hat. <laughs> he says, you're Kenny Harris. And I'm wearing a bathing suit at the time. And I'm looking down. I said, you know me? He says, I know that story. I said, how do you know that story? He says, well, I'm Richie. I was on your team. I hadn't seen him in 54 years at the time. <laughs> we had a reunion with, uh, with our uh, coach who was still alive, and eight of the nine guys were still, uh, still present. So that's my 54-year-later Yankee Stadium story. Well, that's a beautiful thing to come back together again. And, and uh, part of the, one of the themes that I see in your stories is somebody comes around and sits someplace near you. Uh, it's, a, it's a sitting down process that I often see with coincidences where people sit down next to somebody and something happens. And you've had that happen quite often. Um, I think statistically, very often. <laughs> I invited, Bernie, my consciousness is wide open. Uh, my attitude is everyone I meet is a friend, that is really my friend. I just haven't met them yet. 
And I ask very, uh, very uh, significant questions of people, and I listen to what they say, because I believe the universe is speaking to to each other through other people all the time. We're always having a, a an unconscious, hopefully conscious conversation. Would you say that again? Because I think it's worth repeating. I believe the universe is speaking to through us and to us all the time, and it brings the unconscious to consciousness if you ask the right questions and you listen to the answers. Sometimes you're going to get advice on what to do, and sometimes you're going to get advice on what not to do next. So be very careful when people speak back to you and listen. As I understand it, the, when you talk about the universe, you've mentioned spirit, and we might get to those terms one of these as we go on with this, uh, that 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 people have messages to you so that uh one time i was in the in the forest where i like to go and some people came by and seemed like they would be interested in talking and i was stirring around with a problem i had um and rather than telling them something about what was going on with me they seemed to be open to being communicative out there in the forest a beautiful day I just went on and I wondered about just what you are saying. Maybe I should have stopped and talked with them because they might have had some nice answers for me uh, that would have been helpful. I believe that uh, we meet people for very specific reasons. There's no randomness in my understanding of life. Life is intelligent. Life can be trusted. And life will put you in the right place at the right time with the right people if you're open. Uh, it's a wonderful way of thinking. Uh, and one of the terms you use uh, is getting in contact with spirit. And the way you say spirit reminds me an awful lot of the way Wayne Dwyer talked about spirits. Uh, tell us about your relationship with him. Well, I met Wayne and Deepak Chopra, both of them on the same day, twice, 17 years apart, walking along the beach. So I believe that that was a graced, divine gift given to me. Uh, I had read all their books. They were two of my mentors. And uh, I think I was just given that gift to uh, reconnect with them. My relationship with Wayne was very intimate. I, I um, took care of him uh, chiropractically and energetically. We, uh, we, uh, we touched each other's souls. I, I, I think he was my soul brother, if there is such a thing. Uh, there was no, no accident that I met him. It's wonderful to think about soul brothers rather than more the kind of heterosexual things that people talk about. But why don't you tell our audience who might not know who Wayne Dyer is? Well, he was a psychologist by training. He, he had written over 40 books on self-help. He started out with your erroneous zones, which was more mental, psychological. And uh, through his evolution as a, as a writer, he became very spiritual at the end of his life. Uh, uh, he, he embraced uh, the teachings of uh, some of the teachings of the great masters uh, down through the ages uh, of all religions. And he was a generous, generous, open hearted man. Uh, I don't know that the audience knows this, but he actually, upon his death, gave two hundred and fifty million dollars to public broadcasting. Uh, he also said to me, he says, you know, Kenny, uh, I ain't never seen a U-Haulet behind a hearst. You're not going to take anything with you. <laughs> Don't die with your music unplayed. That was his message. If you got a song to sing, sing it while you're still here. I love that image. I've never seen a U-Haul behind a hearst. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Well, you met him in kind of a, well, we're getting, we, we only have about a minute or so left, but I think talking about Wayne is uh, is a good thing. I've seen him on um, on. PBS when he he was trying to help the radio the TV stations get some income from donations. He very caring guy. I think he had eight children, if I recall. He did. He did, and I had the opportunity of uh, also treating three of his three of his eight children. Hmm. What else can you tell us about him before we get to the end of this segment? Uh, he was a wide wide open, very friendly, uh, very gregarious. He uh, he liked me enjoyed meeting strangers who we considered friends. Um, I, I, I actually cried when he died. I, I really was, uh, I was grief stricken when he died rather young, uh, only 75, which I am. <laughs> and I had told him what he could do to stay alive. But he said, you know, Ken, I'm at the pinnacle of my life. I've climbed all the ladders. I'm on the scaffold. I'm ready to jump off to the next adventure. 
Well, that's a good question. And we're coming to the end of this segment. Uh, we're, we're, ta- we're, we're talking with Dr. Ken Harris, who is the author of Synchronicity, The Magic, The Mystery, and The Meaning. family style deal because i want a bite of your big mac and i need some of your quarter pounds i'll try your filet of fish there's a deal for every friend group at mcdonald's order any two classics for just six bucks price of participation may vary single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer the we're going family style deal because i want a bite of your big mac and i need some of your quarter pounds i'll try your filet of fish there's a deal for every friend group at mcdonald's order any two classics for just six bucks price of participation may vary single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer Welcome back to CC with BB. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and we are talking with Dr. Ken Harris about synchronicity and how he got into it and the many stories of his life that uh, illustrate some of the basic ideas of synchronicity. And the, the, some of the stories you tell in your book are, are pretty amazing. Um, I, I, the, uh, the one that's called the stepping stones to friendship. Uh, could you tell us about that sequence, please? Sure. Um, I was in Hawaii uh, with my wife, uh, actually visiting with Wayne, and uh, that tragedy in Newtown took place where all those children were killed uh, back in the day, a couple of years back. And I was very moved by what had happened because I had grandchildren the same age. But I was watching TV, and uh, all of a sudden I saw this ad uh, come across my screen, my phone actually. And it was for the movie called Love Bomb, L-O-V-E, Bomb, B-O-M-B. Now, you never see the words love and bomb usually in the same sentence. Love is creative, inclusive, bomb is explosive and divisive. Anyway, it was a story about three young chiropractors who traveled to to Peru, and they offered a mission trip, and they adjusted literally thousands of children all over the the country of Peru. So I became an associate. I got so moved, I, I went in my pocket because my heart got opened and I contributed a significant amount of money to support this project called Love Bomb, which is a, a, a movie. Uh, as a result of that, the, 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 the young man and the woman fell in love. There were two of the three people and I got invited to the wedding uh, in California. So I traveled out to California, attended a wedding and I met this man named uh, Dr. Jay Comerick who's a fellow chiropractor. I had never met Jay before, but I I had an instantaneous inner knowing that he and I at some point down the road might do something together, uh, a combined legacy of of, uh, friendship. And lo and behold, uh, we spent some time, we took a picture. I hadn't seen him for another year, a year and a half. I'm at a seminar and I didn't even know he was gonna be there and he's getting an award on on stage for chiropractor of the year. Uh, By the way, he, 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 he created a movie called Love Adjusted, and it's animal chiropractic, primarily horses. He's traveled the world, adjusted all these uh, abused and race horses, and he's just an incredible human being. So as a result of that friendship and those, those serendipities, uh, meeting him at the wedding and then meeting him again at the seminar, we developed the, uh, the sage wisdom of the chiropractic elder council. And we are now going around uh, mentoring the young chiropractors in our profession. There were five of us originally, all 40 or more years in practice, and uh, we felt we wanted to give back something to our profession. So we, we do this free, it's gratis. We go around and we give lectures and seminars to the younger uh, chiropractors coming up. Uh, wonderful, um, very wonderful. Um, for our audience, um, you met him at the wedding and you told us how the wedding happened uh, and how you got to the wedding. Uh, but what was it at the wedding that brought the two of you together? Well, he was the father of the groom. And, uh, you know, so he had he had played a role in the, you know, the officiating and the ceremony at the wedding. And I went up to him right afterwards. I just felt the strong. Uh, That's what uh, I'm asking about right there. Yeah, a strong I attraction. Strong. I felt an attraction to this man. Tell, I said, us this about, is a- tell us about that. 
Well, I said, this is someone I'd like to get to know better. Uh, I, I could, uh, you know, I'm an energetic healer, Bernie, and so I can read the field. Uh, you might call it the aura or the energy field. And he had really clean, clear energy. And I, I felt an attraction to that. So yeah. I engaged them in conversation. One of the emerging ideas now is uh, the energy uh, around a person and as well as energy between two people. And I first started noticing that as a psychotherapist, just talking with people, that I noticed that there was energy between me and uh, my patient. And I wanted to get some kind of physis physicist to invent a machine that could measure that energy between us because I knew it was there. And I've, I've looked around for years to see if that was possible. There's, there's uh, photography that might show energy between people. And I've seen some pictures that could show that, but it hasn't happened. But more and more um, younger people are getting into recognizing the energy. And I recognize energy from dance. Uh, I've gone to dance for several years now. It stopped because of COVID, but it's there. I could feel it, and most of the people at dance could feel it if they were had been there for a while. I sent a, a post to Psychology Today. I have a blog with them saying that if now with COVID we can't touch each other, this was at the beginning, we could do energy hugs. They hated that. And they put me on the don't fly list, which means they have to like review every one of my posts, even though there's like 800,000 views of them by now. They still have to track me because I did, did this heretical thing of saying that there were coincidences between people that were reflecting energy between them. How do we help this? How do we help other people recognize? And science, like psychology today, trying to be the truly good scientists, how do we help break through that barrier, Ken? Well, there's two things. Number one, are you familiar with the Heart Math Institute? Oh, yeah. Okay. They can measure, they, they can actually measure the, uh, the, uh, the radiance and the resonance fields in people's hearts. Now, I've been in seminars where they have two people on a stage. And uh, the whole audience will then focus on those people and they have uh, real-time EEG uh, readouts and you can see the change immediately in the actual uh, amplitude and frequency of their EEG patterns by us focusing on them. The other thing is it's not a mental thing. En energy is a feeling. One gets a feeling in the presence of someone uh, of comfortableness, familiar familiarity, or uncomfortableness. Uh, we call them vibes in a colloquial way. But one knows in the presence of, of someone who is uh, in coherence with your field, you know it by how you feel. You feel relaxed, you feel comfortable, you feel at home. And if you don't, you know, uh, women, many often, they are, they're much more intuitive. They, uh, they trust their gut a lot faster than men. And they'll know in the situation when they meet a man what his intentions are <laughs> before he says one word. <laughs> <laughs> and you think that's picked up from the vibes? Well, I think I think there's a, everything is energy and frequency. I like uh, you know Tesla was a smart guy back in the day, and uh, he said it's all about energy. Energy forms matter. Matter is related to energy and form. Like the, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with cymatics. You familiar no. with the word no, cymatics? No, is, all right. Well, cymatics is the uh, is a photographic representation of when you put sound waves through various forms through sand, through water, you can create very specific forms by um, modulating very specific frequencies, and it's repetitive. So um, Conrad Maltz, I think his name was, he was a scientist. It's called the, uh, the Science of Cymatics, C-Y-M-A-T-I-C-S. You can Google it. It's a, it's a visual representation of energy and matter frequency. And, phys and quantum physics tells us something similar. Uh, I'm, I call it energy and information uh, because the energy has information in it sometimes, as you were talking about people being able to pick out the other person's intentions. You can, you can like translate that in, into words, which I'll call part, part, of, part of what we mean by information. There's, it's, it's here. We know it. You deal with it. And so 
what we just talked about with the wedding, where you could see his aura and you could see it was clean and clear and that you could feel attracted to it and that you could sense something like a, a soul brother with him. Those are the kinds of things that I'd want to alert our audience to, that they could be able to know that you they can do what you are doing, that you're a model for what what future with future human beings and future human beings might do not only with each other but with animals and with plants and particularly i'm interested in doing something like that with trees so you do you do you, when you go around talking to uh junior chiropractors how much does energy play a part in your teachings well i would say that uh, one of the ways you determine a person's level of energy is their uh, their voice their voice print is very, very significant. There are some people when, when they speak, you just feel calm in their presence. And there are other people when they speak, you want to run away from. So the voice is, is very, very powerful energetically. Listen, listen carefully. Uh, the voice speaks what the heart knows. <laughs> I, I kind of intuitively have been doing that. I get phone calls for patients uh, looking for me to... Um, be their psychiatrist, and I make a judgment uh, on what it sounds like. And so now you're confirming that way of thinking about things and sharpening my own way of thinking about how I process what I hear uh, in the voicemails from them. I agree. I agree. We have a, you know, we have a third eye, and and uh, you know, we see things beyond what we see physically, and we have, uh, I guess, an extra ear in the heart. The heart knows. <laughs> The heart knows. I can almost put heart and N-O-S-E together, too, uh, a smell and the heart. How do they link, do you think? Well, they say that uh, sexual attraction is all is all through smell. That's what they're telling us. It's got nothing to do with how, how the other person looks. So the pheromones, I guess, are, are operating unconsciously. We're, we're multidimensional beings, Bernie. We don't just have sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell. We have multiple other ways of feeling and communicating with each other. And how do you... How do you think about how you got in touch with Amalia and Amalia with you? And you can tell us something about her, as you know. Yeah, well, she's a, she's a beautiful soul. Uh, I found her book on Amazon because it was linked next to mine. When you know, when you pop up on Amazon Synchronicity, certain books will pop up. You might be interested in this as well. So, uh, out of curiosity, I bought her book. And then I didn't read it uh, because I didn't want to read anybody else's read on synchronicity until I completed my own. I, I must have 10 books that I, I still have yet to read on synchronicity. But uh, recently I read it within the last uh, six weeks and I just was enamored by her uh, clarity and her journey. She's got quite a journey. And, uh, yes, uh, yes. Oh, my, oh my God. So, so I, uh, I uh, took the step of reaching out to her and uh, emailed her. And I said, I'd like to have a, a Zoom chat if you're open to doing that. And we did. And uh, in all honesty, uh, I just fell in love with her as a being. She's just a beautiful soul and uh, very, very smart. And yet, very intuitive. She has both uh, both the intellect and the heart uh, in one package. So we've become friends uh, in, in that sense, uh, and are communicating now back and forth. We're going to probably do some collaboration together as well. I'm 75. She's, I think, 45. So I'm like a father to her. That's how I perceive her. She's my daughter. That I have a beautiful daughter, but my daughter's not interested in synchronicities. Uh, Amelia is, so in that way, she's a surrogate for me. And I think I'm a surrogate for her dad. Wonderful, wonderful. What, what kinds of plans do you think you have in mind that you and she might do? Uh, well, once this COVID uh, situation lifts, we're going to do uh, some retreats, either in Mexico or Costa Rica or maybe right here in the United States. Uh, I'm itching to get back tete-a-tete, uh, -tete, face to face with people. Uh, I've been doing everything through Zoom, but uh, this doesn't do it for me. I, I want to be in the presence of other oh. other live beings. And that's that's because of the energy, baby. That's the energy. Uh, <laughs> it's it's so nice to bathe each other in uh, in coherent, positive energy with other people. I, I, I know that, and I miss it too. And I, I see patients on my porch when the weather is nice, 
and it has been nice the last couple of days. And it's such a relief to be able to see and feel that person's presence uh, instead of doing it over Zoom, which does take a lot out. But I'm getting to be able to pick up energy through Zoom now. It's uh, it's possible and it's it's distorted compared to regular reality. But because I'm sensitive and want it, I was able to make a connection with somebody I spoke Welcome back to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD, and we are talking with Dr. Ken Harris, author of Synchronicity, The Magic, The Mystery, and The Meaning. Ken, one of the ideas you have, I'm pretty sure, is that coincidences or synchronicities are useful, valuable, and people should be paying attention to them. Why is that? What's the value of a person paying attention to synchronicities? Well, since I believe the universe is uh, intelligent and coherent, uh, people do not cross our path by accident or by randomness. Uh, in many cases, they're attracted or sent to us for sort of very specific information. So uh, it, it behooves you to listen <laughs> with an openness of heart and mind to what people want to share with you. Uh, I see everyone as a student and teacher to me in some way. We, we, there's always, as you say, an exchange of energy and information. So the universe is, uh, is putting people in your path for very specific reasons. As I said earlier, sometimes what to do next and sometimes what not to do next. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you have, a, you, ha you have a nice story uh, that illustrates a basic uh, coincidence process of, uh, oh, darn, the airplane, got, uh, the flight got canceled. Oh, what am I going to do? And what you were looking for did happen. That is contact with uh, Ram Das. Oh, that was, that was a wow moment for me. Uh, I was never a student or a seeker of guruism. I, that's never been my path. But I did read his book many years prior, Be Here Now. I grew up in the same time period you did with uh, Ram Das and and what's his name, uh, Timothy Leary, and so on. So I knew of, of him. And I have a friend in New, in New Jersey who said, uh, you're going to go to Hawaii. You might want to you know, have an audience with him if you could. He's a pretty interesting man. So I had this desire and intention to connect with him. But I, uh, I called three times. Uh, I got the private number that my other friend gave to me because he was a very close confidant of Ram Dass. And uh, no one answered. I, I never got a response. And we were preparing to return to the United States, and I got a call from uh, the airline saying, unfortunately, the flight had been delayed and canceled, and we would have to reschedule. And as I attempted to reschedule, I got a next phone call, and it was from Ram Dass's secretary, saying, uh, would you be available to come tomorrow morning uh, to have this audience with him between his, between, which he very rarely ever saw anybody between seminars. He lived in Maui. For the last 20 years of his life, he had uh, been stroked and wasn't able to travel. So, of course, I, I said, absolutely, I'll be there. Just tell me the address and I'll show up. So when I drove out to the uh, to Maui, or to the other side of Maui, it was like a two-hour drive from where I was, I was anxious to meet him. And as I walked into the room, you talk about energy. There was such a presence and calmness in his home and around him that I had never felt before. In all honesty, I think for the first time in my life, Bernie, I experienced unconditional love. Now, I had parents who loved me, but there were a lot of conditions. <laughs> when I met with Ram Dass, I felt like I was being bathed in unconditional love. And we had we had a beautiful, about maybe two hours of 
tete-a-tete, face-to-face time with each other. And uh, I didn't even realize it at the time I was going, why I was going there. But I, I, uh, as I sat down and looked in his eyes, we actually were able to telepathically speak to each other. He had aphasia from the stroke. So he could speak and then stop and speak and then stop. But when he stopped, he just looked at me and I knew what the rest of the sentences were. And uh, I was experiencing, uh, when I got quiet, this feeling of grief. I had lost a mutual friend. We both had this friend called Shamdas, not Ramdas, but Shamdas, who had died in a tragic accident in India uh, some years prior. And I didn't realize how much grief I was still carrying around it. And I asked him, uh, Ram, have you had any communication from Sham? And he looked at me and he put his hand to his forehead beautifully and he says, Ken. And he tapped his third eye and he motioned that Sham is now with Krishna, meaning Christ, God, whatever, the source of all beingness. And now what next happened was, for your listeners, it's going to sound a little woo-woo, but we actually had an apparition of Sham come in the room and he's, and I could see him smiling at me saying, Ken, I'm fine. Go on, go on to life. Don't be sad. So that was my experience meeting us because my plane was canceled. And that's a, a general principle that I, I like to emphasize, I like to emphasize that uh, you want to look for the positive when what you think you want and need doesn't happen. And then you start looking for uh, something else uh, that might be there. Uh, be open to the possibility that there's a good reason for you, n- good reason for you not having had what you think you need or want. I believe there's always a good reason. In the moment, you may not realize it, but in retrospect, you say, "Oh, that had to happen, so this could happen, so I could meet this person, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. Well, you you and I are meeting now. Uh, what what are what 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 do you feel think about uh, about our meeting? Well, I had I you know it's it's funny. Um, I had been aware of your work because uh, a friend of mine who's a massage therapist who worked in my wellness center, he said, "Hey, Ken, is this guy this uh, psychiatrist guy named Bernie Brightman who uh, who's really into the synchronicity stuff?" So I I bought your book, you know, Conscious Connection which is excellent, by the way, if anyone's listening. Uh, and uh, then I, you know, I put it aside. Again, I, I didn't want to uh, imitate or, or mimic anybody else's work. I didn't read it right away until after I read my book. But when I met Amalia, she says to me, you know, uh, Dr. Brightman has a group of synchronicity uh, teachers. Maybe I'll, I'll ask him if he'll do an interview with you. So I got excited. I said, oh, so that's why my friend told me about Dr. Brightman. I mean, here I am now having this conversation, and I, I hope, uh, you know, ongoing, I have an opportunity to uh, do some collaborative work with you. Well, you've got a big heart. I can tell that already. And you're very much... Um a coincidence ambassador, uh, as we call the people in the group. Uh, and what's when you talk about synchronicity as being valuable to people or imply it, uh, I think you're suggesting that maybe they should pay attention to coincidences, synchronicity. And the reason I, Ken, the reason I use the word coincidence is because synchronicity and serendipity are both forms of coincidence. And people who talk about synchronicity tend to ignore the, the increasing volume of information about serendipity. And the and serendipity researchers tend to ignore synchronicity. It's a and I have a, as I tend to do, I have my foot in both worlds because serendipity researchers are researchers for the most part. They're academics, and synchronicity people tend to be non-academics. It's uh, it's and there are some people in between, and I am one of those that is in between. So coincidences cover both of them, and I'm going to be talking with a serendipity person. When is a coincidence not a serendipity, and when is a serendipity not a coincidence? Because it becomes one of those nice academic discussions. But for the most part, each of them are situation in which mental activity of the thoughts usually images match something in the environment and synchronicity and serendipity share that generally in common so that's why i use the word uh, coincidence to cover both of them and things that probably don't cover come under each of them 
but you are uh, you use the word synchronicity a lot oh and you 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 imply that it's the universe talking to people in the way that you experience it but i, I think more people need a more detail uh than what you've experienced than what you're describing here about what the value of coincidence synchronicity is to them well i think synchronicity is as Carl, as you know being the student of carl young i read that you were the you started studying him at age nine or twelve or something uh synchronicity has meaning behind it coincidence doesn't necessarily have to be meaningful you know it doesn't have to be a connector in in one way and the word serendipity to me is different from synchronicity entirely serendipity is you lost your glasses you go looking for them you find your keys that you also lost but you aren't intending to find them <laughs> Synchronicity, I think, is much more deliberate. I think there's much more of a connection, a meaning, and a purpose. I would define synchronicity, personally, as the unconscious flow of love. That's how I would describe it. That the universe, which is created and held together through this thing called love, is uh, giving you an opportunity to be reminded. Um, what do you do with uh, Mark David Chapman? standing outside of the Dakota building in New York City, um, thinking about a lot of coincidences involving the Beatles um, and other people, and I won't go through the whole list of them, but his idea was standing out of that, of that in front of the Dakota is to assassinate John Lennon. And to cap off his, um, his series of coincidences, uh, he saw Mia Farrow walking into the building and Mia Farrow was in a movie uh, that took place in that building the exorcist and uh, that was the trigger that coincidence between Mia Farrow walking in and his re reflection on John Lennon and the movie made him uh, decide I'm going to kill John Lennon now well I don't know we're ever going to know what made him decide to do that uh, there's a lot of speculation, you know, maybe they had a sacred agreement, John Lennon and him, because as a result of that death, a, a great flow of love came into the world. Hundreds of thousands of people uh, were affected by that event. And, uh, you know, we can say, oh, it's a terrible thing. He killed him. But uh, in retrospect, maybe it wasn't. I think you need to talk about that a little bit more. <laughs> well, I, I believe that uh, nothing happens by accident. I, I don't believe in randomness, Bernie. Randomness is a mathematical model of life, and I don't, I don't think life was created by man. So what you're saying is that it was all right for Mark David Chapman to kill John Lennon because there was a lot of love that came out afterwards. Well, one, one could, in retrospect, see that as a positive silver lining to a so-called tragedy. Who are we to judge what's right and wrong? That's the other thing. You know, that, that's all egoically filtered. You may judge something as wonderful, and I may see the same thing and say, no, it's terrible. We really don't know. I find that astounding, uh, that the murder of John Lennon is okay. Well, it, it depends on what your belief around death is. Uh, uh, death is not the end of anything. It's a change of form. The, the core essence of John Lennon, whoever he or he was, is still present in the cosmos. You, you can't, energy and matter, you know, Einstein, this changes. Hmm. Well, Imagine is something that I keep doing. Uh, one of his songs, one of his great songs and trying to imagine a world that is uh, better than what we've got here right. and uh, part of what I'm thinking is that uh, awareness of synchronicities uh, can help us do that um, to help make the world a better place but from the way you're talking about uh, it nothing really matters uh, you don't really have to do anything because it's all perfect the way it is well, I think the world is the way it is to, to the collective consciousness of all 8 billion of us. No, there, there's something to be... Things do matter, and we do have a, a part to play. But we're not to judge the, the evolution of consciousness. Human beings are still evolving. 
you know, was there ever an Edenic state called heaven on earth at one point? Possibly. A lot of uh, cultures say there was. And maybe we're, we're in the process of going back to that state. But we have to go through a birthing process. And it can get messy at times. Messy is a judgment. Yes, it, it, can, it can appear to be messy. I, I'm at the point where, you know, my dad was 87 years old. I used to go to him with all these um, conundrums and say, hey, Lou, what should I do? You know what he'd say? We'll see. <laughs> it used to make me crazy. I wanted definitive what to do. Yes, right, no, left. No, no, I'm at the point in my life at 75 years of age, I've lived long enough to know nothing ever works out the way you think it's going to work out. And there's a much larger view unfolding. So be okay. patient. Well, we're going to be patient as we come to the end of this segment, Ken. Very interesting what you're saying. You're listening to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We are talking with Ken Harris. Synchronicity, the magic, the mystery, and the meaning. back to CC with BB. I am your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. We're talking with Ken Harris and getting into some really good stuff. Um, Ken, I'm thinking about uh, putting this John Lennon story uh, on my Psychology Today blog, and I'm, I'm concerned about uh, uh, how to present it. Um, and I don't think uh, it, they will accept something that says something like what you were just saying, that maybe it all works out and it's beautiful because love happened. A lot of love came out of that. Um, and and this, this dealing with uh, the conventional thinking is a, a question that I'm asking you about. How, you do, how do you do that when you run into people like uh, trying to hold up the current scientific paradigm and saying, hey, this is wrong? Well, science science is another religion, Bernie, and I don't subscribe to that particular paradigm. Uh, science is attempting to find out what nature already knows, and we keep changing our story. Uh, if you just look at the current uh, read on the pandemic, every other day, Dr. Fauci is giving us different information. Every other day, you know, one mask, two mask, 12 feet, six feet. Every other day, one shot, two shots, three shots. So I have, I, I am not a great respecter of the scientific method. I think there's a, a lot to be, uh, to be uh, known intuitively that goes beyond science. I'm more into metaphysics than I am physics. That's my particular way of, of understanding the world. I was very scientific growing up. You know, I got 100 on my biology regents, 100 on my uh, geometry regents. And then I, I went to chiropractic college and I started reading about the physiology of the body. And I came to the conclusion we're never going to understand how the reticular endothelial system works. It's beyond the finite understanding of the conscious mind. So I'm, I'm looking now more into the metaphysics of life rather than the science of life. And when you say metaphysics, what are you talking about? Spiritual, the, the spiritual traditions, the ancient people were much wiser than we are. We think we know so much. Uh, in retrospect, uh, I think if we uh, don't stop manipulating the world, we're not going to have a world. From, uh, from our agricultural methods with uh, pesticides and herbicides and all the other nonsense and uh, whatever we're doing to the environment. Mother Nature is only going to tolerate us so long. You've... Um... You've just made a judgment about the future of the world, have you not? I believe evolution will bring us back to balance. Right now, we're, we're in the transition of history. Yeah. I, I, that's I'm my to, read. That's my read on it. I, 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 I'm, I'm coming back to, to judgment about right or wrong, good or bad, or good or bad, really. Um, and I think you're saying that the way we're behaving with our environment is not good. Well, we see ourselves separate from the environment. We're not. We're part of the environment. And I think you're saying that's a problem. Well, there's a disconnect, yes. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to yeah, see if I can get you to say there's a problem here. 
<laughs> oh, there's I a problem. There's a I problem. Ha I haven't been able to do that yet. No, no, there is a problem we, in consciousness. Well, there's you, a split. Yeah, I, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just trying to see if I can get Ken Harris to say there's a problem. There is uh, a problem. Okay. Because, so at least you're making a judgment. And if I take your, uh, the judgment that there is a problem, and if I take the way you were thinking about John Lennon's assassination, uh, you, you said that's, that's just fine. And how come you can't do I don't do know that it was a problem between John and the fellow who killed him. Maybe they had an agreement, Bernie, is what I'm saying. It was a problem for all of us out here that we lost a great guy. We're losing great people every day. Every day, you know, there are great people who are leaving us. In a way that it didn't have to happen. That, that's true. There's an infinite possibilities how things could have worked out. Well, I can say the same thing about this mind, about the split we do with nature. I don't see any problem with that. You can say it, sure. But yeah. you that contradicts what you were saying earlier, that there was a problem. There well, is a problem. Well, they say problems are like babies. They only grow when you nurse them. It depends on your perception, You know what filters you're wearing at the time. I think I get the idea of how you're thinking, Ken, and I really appreciate knowing it. Uh, I don't think that way, as you can tell, uh, because I think there is a problem in the mind, in the split we're doing with nature, uh, with our environment. I, there's a big problem. And I think I, as a physician uh, and, and some, as a helper of people, I want to be able to help heal that split. And I think the paying attention to meaningful coincidences can help do that. And that's part of what I am doing. But you're almost saying that I, I, that I don't have to do that, that, that things are okay. Evolution is going to take care of it. I don't have to take the, any responsibility that I feel that I want to have and I want to do something with. Uh, it doesn't matter. Well, I, I would say this. It, it does matter what comes across your field to take responsibility. But I'm not going to take responsibility for the other 8 billion people. So what are you then trying to tell whoever will listen to you about what they should be doing regarding synchronicity? I would say listen to their own soul voice. Uh, listen to their intuit intuitive heart. That's what I would say. Because we're all connected in the heart through love. I mean, they really, here's my perception, Bernie, you're me in another body. There really is no you, even though it appears that you're there and I'm here and we're speaking to each other. Uh, at the quantum level, there is, a, there is the, the reality of oneness. At the egoic level, there's the reality of separation. The only way you can bridge that is through love. Love is the force or the field that holds the entire cosmos in constellation. It holds the moon to the earth and the earth to the sun. And it's the core energy, it's a core frequency. So my, my mission is to remind people that love is why we, why we came and love is why we're here. How do you define love? What are you talking about? I don't have words to define it, but you know what it is and I know what it is because we've all experienced it. It's an experience. How do you define chocolate? You ask me, Ken, what does chocolate taste like? I'll say, hey, I have a piece. <laughs> I can't tell you. But you, you know what love is. You've experienced it in your life. Does that mean that you then are trying to help people get to places where they can experience more love? Well, I, what I'm trying to do as an energetic healer is to reconnect people to their own souls. Once they reconnect to their own soul, love is what created them. They'll have the experience of themselves, not of me. Wait, so my consciousness, my consciousness, you're, you're asking me, what's my mission? Yes. To awaken people from the illusion of separation back to the reality of oneness. I'll say it again. To awaken people from the illusion of separation back to the reality of oneness. I am is love. I am is God, if you will. I am that I am was the word given to us down through the, uh, through the ages. So that's my mission, uh, to reawaken the memory. People are walking around, I would say, hypnotized to the unreal. They're sleepwalking. They know, many know not that they know not, but there are many people who are seeking to awaken. And I, I like to be, uh, think of myself as a reminder, and I think synchronicity helps, the, helps to remind us of the connection of all life. Yeah, I think uh, synchronicity does help. Uh, 
And what I'm trying to understand is that coincidences aren't our synchronicities. Oh, are you saying that synchronicities are only positive? No, no, not at all. No, no there can be synchronicities where you're told what not to do next. <laughs> no, I mean that, that they end up with negative consequences. Well, that, again, that's, that's each and every person has to figure it out, out for him or herself, whether it was a positive or negative experience of meeting that person or having that experience. Well, I, I can't can say that. I can say that yeah, with can, several different people. Yeah. And well, it, wasn't, it was negative, and there were coincidences or synchronicities involved in the meeting. And maybe there was lessons to be learned. Definitely. Yeah. What do they say? Everybody's a lesson or a blessing. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, a good line. That, 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 I, I didn't make it up. It's, it's someone else said it. But everything, everyone you meet is a lesson or a blessing. Pay attention. Well, as I we like get, to, yeah, I would like to read this one thing if I could. Uh, please, do. please do. Encapsulates. Uh, well, there's actually two things. So Lynn McTaggart. Do you know who she is? She wrote the book called The Field. No, I don't uh, know. Her. Yeah, she's a research scientist, social scientist. She says a small band of scientists dotted around the globe realized the very underpinning of our universe was was a heaving sea of energy, one vast quantum field. If this were true, everything would be connected to everything else, like some invisible web. Most fundamentally, they have provided evidence that all of us connect with each other in the world at, as the very undercoat of our very being. Through scientific experiments, they demonstrated that there may be such a thing as a life force flowing through the universe, which has variously been called the collective consciousness. My experience says yes to this, working with people. I have had the experience of doing energetic healing with people where we became one field. I didn't know where I ended and they began and vice versa. So I've actually tasted the chocolate. I've actually had the experience of oneness and, uh, that that that's a beautiful thing, and unless you've had it, I can't I can't explain it to you. You you have to have had the experience to know what it is, and basically it's love. Love is the core frequency that unifies and lifts people's perception above separation. When our hearts, minds, and emotions are in alignment and not in conflict with each other, this makes it easier to sense our intuitive heart's direction for effective choices and guidance. That would be my final uh, gift I want to give to the listeners, those two, two understandings that uh, we, came, we came from and we could return to love. That's the only reason we're here. All right. I, the oneness I, I embrace and the feeling of connectedness that comes from being able to experience that with someone is uh, one of the most wonderful experiences in the world. And uh, I go with that. But as we as we come to the end now, um, you have at the end of your book four practices that might be able to help people increase their synchronicities. Could you please tell us about those? Sure, sure. Well, number one is pay attention. Synchronicities happen to people who are mindful and notice things. When you go about your daily activities, keep your senses open to coincidental opportunities. Two, talk to strangers. Three, seek meaning. Whether you, you see a string of numbers on a license plate or hear a song on the radio, ask yourself if you can make some meaning out of that experience. And number four, Bernie, and you know this, write it down. Keep a log of your synchronicities that occur in your daily life. The more you notice them, the more likely you're going to have, have, have them happen to you. So those would be four simple things one can do to... Uh, um, keep abreast and aware of uh, the fact that we're all connected. <laughs> Everyone you meet is some connection to you in some way. Yeah. In writing this book, you wrote yourself about yourself to yourself. What did you learn about yourself from doing this? Well, I, I learned that uh, my life has meaning. And that I'm here, you know, to help other people. 
in, in a bigger way than I ever uh, knew before. As a result of writing this book now, uh, the message is going out worldwide. Whereas when I was in private practice, I had a very active, very uh, robust family practice. I used to say cradle to grave, womb to tomb. And I affected thousands of people. But I think the potential with this book and getting in a public platform, I'm going to affect hundreds of thousands or millions of people with the message. So the book is uh, giving me an opportunity to have a bigger platform. Well, that's uh, wonderful. And your platform is going to be love. Um, uh, partly a disciple of Wayne Dyer or connection with him and Baba Ram Das. Uh, it's so cool that you were able to make those connections and many, many other people that you've had connection with and, and exchanged loving feelings with. And now you have the desire, opportunity and capacity of trying to touch other people with the love that you have been touched with. And I think it's a wonderful thing for you to be doing. And I thank you very much for joining me on this show. Well, I thank you for the opportunity, and uh, I suspect, uh, Bernie, you and I are in the same tribe. <laughs> definitely, definitely. definitely. And that's why we met. <laughs> You've been listening to XZBN's XZBN uh, talking, connecting with coincidence. We've been talking with Dr. Ken Harris. The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your Quarter Pounder. I'll try your filet of fish. There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer.